Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something mean, Welcome back to yet another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob. It doesn't matter what my name is. Hollywood Rob, that is. <laughs> uh, so we are here on a Thursday, November 7th, uh, mid-pay-per-view stream. We got Survivor Series in a couple weeks. Uh, so not a whole lot went down on Raw. What we're going to do today is go over Raw, a couple of the main topics in the first half, and then the second half we have a all-time top ten list you want to explain that, Rob? Yeah, I couldn't be more excited about this. We've got uh, something that went down this past Monday on Raw where you saw a superstar get quite a significant change in their gimmick. They got, uh, I would almost call it a repackaging. And so what we did was we went back through the past 30 years of wrestling and we looked at all the guys who had a significant change in gimmick and we came up with uh, a list of about 18, and we whittled that down to the top 10, and I think it's a fairly definitive list. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I, I really don't think we missed anybody big, although you never know. I mean, there's that's a lot of wrestling to go through. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have that in the second half of the show. We've got the top 10 list, and then we'll have some honorable mentions of the guys that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, but if you want to... Get at us with any feedback on that or suggestions of guys we missed. Uh, it's GN Wrestling on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page if you just search for Guys Nation Wrestling. And you can always email us at wrestling at So we look forward to hearing from you for that. So let's jump into Raw. Uh, I guess the biggest story is the big show getting his biggest title shot. Um... The whole we were speculating over the last few weeks of how they would make this work with the the uh, lawsuit, him being fired and banned and all that. And like WWE usually does, they figure out a way around it. Uh, he basically, you know, kind of puts them in a corner, makes them give him his job back and give him a title shot in order to drop the lawsuit because the board's all freaked out about it. Um, yeah. So we had a real you, long segment in the ring there. How did you feel about? Uh... JBL jumping in when they were going out to the ring when Stephanie and Triple H were, you know, on their way and JBL was on commentary and he was like, "The board can't do that. Triple H runs it. All yeah. the decisions go through that through him. The board can't make him do anything." Yeah, he's he's pretty classic. I don't know where he comes up with that that crap. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, you know, we get another long-winded Triple H speech. Big Show comes out. Uh. And he basically forces the title shot. He, it's some good drama there with him walking away and everything. Um, so what do you feel about just the fact that he's ended up getting the shot? I mean, 
Does it feel like the right guy at this point? I feel like if John Cena wasn't the guy holding the World Heavyweight Championship over on SmackDown, that this would be something of a letdown because you you have to have one of the title matches kind of hold its weight. And for as much as people like to say that they like Big Show, I don't know that he's necessarily a guy that... Uh, moves the meter and, and increases buy rates significantly. And right now, the feud for Big Show is really with Triple H. It's, it's only, uh, it only involves Orton because that's who Triple H's guy is, right? Yeah, it's definitely a little strange in that way. And, and we commented on that a few episodes ago about how there's rarely a top-level feud that doesn't involve one of these authority figures. And then you don't have the two guys that are actually in the ring developing as much animosity as they could. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's interesting to see the Big Show in this position because he's been such a kind of bland character that just gets pushed left and right, whichever way the wind blows that they want to use him, and not necessarily ever in the main event. Uh, but this is a legitimate spot for him, given what they've done over the last several months and the way they built him up. So I do, I do like it from the sense of they've made Randy Orton very hateable. He had a nice um, little promo where he, where he cut down on the crowd saying, like, look at the women beside you, and they'd love to wake up fantasizing next to, you know, Randy Orton. Uh, so you got to have somebody that's different than Daniel Bryan to try to shut that guy up in the big show, obviously being large and being able to knock somebody out. Eh, it's a good choice. You know, I built them up. I, I, I like it. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a nice uh, change of pace from what we saw with Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and I think Big Show can go in the ring, and he can cut some promos. He can be really intimidating, and it's certainly a different uh, different type of opponent for Randy Orton because, you know, now Randy Orton is the one looking up at his opponent. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've... I've Obviously, been a wrestling fan a really long time, so I I can remember uh, Paul White coming in as the Giant over in WCW and just towering over and being this imposing figure. So, from that standpoint, I like to see him back in the main event. You know, he he feels he feels natural being there. It's kind of like seeing the uh, the Yankees in the World Series. Maybe you don't like the Yankees, but you can at least appreciate the fact that you know they've they're a long history. You know, a long storied history team, and so it just it feels okay for them to be there, as opposed to a team like uh, maybe the um, Tampa Bay Rays or something like that. But so from that perspective, I like Big Show in the position. It's just it 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 feels better since John Cena is also going to be in a title match. Yeah, I got you. And and any bump in pay per view buy rates will no doubt be. Um, attributed to Cena. Oh yeah, no doubt. But I guess uh, you know a more interesting question as it relates to Big Show is that he fits into kind of the pantheon of of large guys that have been around forever and done the WWE's bidding. Um, guys such as Kane and Mark Henry, <clears throat> and Big Show. I think they're all kind of related, and none of them have really ever had the company go along with them as as the face. Clearly. 
so do you see this going similar to how Mark Henry's little stint went um, a couple months ago? Uh, obviously, they spend more time with the big show than they did with Mark Henry. Uh, but do you see it being a one-and-done situation where he, this is kind of a tip of the cap, thanks, we're going to put you in a main event, but you're still not going to get out to, to the top of the mountain the way that you haven't ever. <laughs> um, I would be really surprised if Big Show was still in the picture following Royal Rumble. I I maybe wouldn't be surprised if they gave him the belt, and I don't even know that it would have to happen at Survivor Series. I think potentially at the December pay-per-view they could give it to him. But certainly by the time Royal Rumble is over, you know, as we head into the uh, road to WrestleMania 30, I don't see Big Show being a guy that's involved directly in the... Uh, world title picture for the WWE Championship or the uh, Heavyweight yeah. Championship. Yeah, I don't really either, but but more short-term, do you think there's a chance he gets, like, a one-month reign? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think he could hold the belt. I think it would be an interesting way to kind of add another wrinkle to this feud that he's kind of got brewing with Triple H is that, uh, yeah, he, he wormed his way back into a job. He wormed his way into a title shot. Triple H is not happy about it, and oh, by the way, he's going to win the belt. Yeah, and I, I'm a little worried that they're going to do another multiple pay-per-view arc that they did with Daniel Bryan. Um, seems to be something they've done a little more often since things have started changing. But you know, the one thing that I miss a little bit, and I, it's it's hard to fault them. I mean. We all thought maybe the belts were changing hands too much back in the day. Uh, and then so CM Punk had his long title reign. And so you get back to this idea of, okay, now the belts have more importance. You know, guys able to hold it longer. It's not just a hot potato. Uh, but then at the same time, I really miss having those surprising moments. Like, for instance, if a Mark Henry would have beat John Cena for a month, uh, would I have been able to carry that belt between pay-per-views? Those kind of exciting moments, you know, it feels like we're not going to get those anymore. And, you know, Big Show would be one of them if he could knock out Orton, pin him at Survivor Series. I mean, that'd be a huge moment. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like we would almost need Triple H to stop doing what he's doing before that happens. Because until Triple H stops his current angle of he's going to manipulate what's going on to get what he wants, I don't feel like we can have anyone other than Randy Orton or the chosen figurehead of the authority. I don't feel like that person... I don't feel like anyone other than that person is going to hold the WWE Championship. Because he'll end up reversing it somehow, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of Triple H, I think that's the next... Um little topic we wanted to talk about. You see some kind of cracks between him and Steph, and I think, to your point about until that changes, you know, it's got to be somebody like Steph that makes him change. Another superstar is not going to be able to to do anything. I mean, if the big show knocking him out isn't going to cause him to be intimidated, then no other superstar is going to be able to do anything. Uh, so it's got to come more corporate-wise. It's got to come from Stephanie or it's got to come from Vince probably. Uh, so you see that they've had a couple little cracks, like on 
on Raw when they were backstage, and he was complaining about the Big Show being there. Stephanie just, and it, it didn't really fit their conversation, but for whatever reason, she said, you never had a problem taking McMahon family money. Right, I thought that was really kind of an awkward spot and didn't necessarily fit in because, I mean, you would think by the time they got married, he was, you know, a, a multi-million dollar a year superstar, um, and so he wouldn't necessarily need McMahon money. Right. But Yeah, it was really odd, and I didn't feel like it flowed with the conversation they were having, but they just wanted to jam it in there. Uh, right. So clearly it's an important piece if they jammed it in there. And then uh, when they were in the ring, uh, Triple H is, you know, basically about to ruin the whole deal. She interrupts him and just straight up gives Big Show his job back, you know, kind of doing a power trip on him. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of a crack in the, the pair there. We've been seeing that for a few weeks. Um, yeah, and, I, think... and I don't know if you agree with me. It feels like that's the only way that this this whole shtick could end with Triple H. Yeah, I, I think there's going to have to be, like you're saying, something coming down from someone else to kind of overrule Triple H. And, and you're right. At this point, it's either got to be Stephanie or Vince that comes in and does it. I, I don't think Linda's coming back, but I guess she could be a potential other option. Oh, God, I hope not. And I do think it's kind of interesting... I almost feel like Randy Orton is kind of Triple H's choice at this point, right? Mm. And if you recall, it was Stephanie McMahon who Kane called out. Kane said, you know, Stephanie McMahon, come out here. He didn't say, I want a member of the authority to come out here. He said Stephanie. So it almost feels like Kane has lent himself to doing the bidding of Stephanie McMahon. So potentially if there's going to be some friction between Stephanie and Triple H and it needs to play out in the ring, it seems like Triple H has his guy and Stephanie has hers. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, and I think we all, we were speculating also that Big Show might play that position for someone like Vince. Um, so yeah, they, they do in a sense, need to have their surrogate superstars. And, and yeah, you're right, Kane does fit the story with Stephanie so far. Um, I could definitely see that. I mean, would you see Kane and Randy Orton throwing down, or would you just see Kane throwing down with Triple H directly? I could see Kane throwing down with, uh, with Randy Orton, and possibly by the time WrestleMania rolls around, throw a big show in there to have a, a weird three-way... Um, but that begs the question, though. I mean, somehow we would have one of those two becoming face, right? Um, fans going to get behind Stephanie? I I almost feel like Vince McMahon would have to be the face in all of this. I mean, I could yeah, I could see him saying to Daniel Bryan, "Hey, look, uh, no hard feelings. I I still, you know, I I, I don't I don't regret saying what I said about not feel not being confident in you." But if you'll recall, it was Triple H that did all that. And and you have to admit that, uh, you know, anyone would pretty much have to feel better about Big Show being a threat than uh, Daniel Bryan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Vince will be like, I was off running this business in reality while Triple H is running around here saying he's actually important, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Vince would definitely have to be the face, and that's that's the only problem I see with this Triple H Stephanie breakup is that I don't see the fans getting behind either one. I mean, they have an ability the WWE does to make us root for certain people, even when you don't think it's possible. Right. But at the moment, I I'm struggling to see how they could make that work. So. Yeah, and, but, and I don't I don't know that necessarily you have to cheer for Triple H or Stephanie. I almost feel like. If they could include Vince and Big Show, um, you know, you kind of go that route. But yeah. it almost seems like what you could have is Stephanie saying, "Look, Triple H, I know you have your ideas about what's best for business, but you need to start taking input from other people." And because of that, you know, Triple H saying, "Well, I disagree," and Stephanie saying, "Well, look, my guy can beat your guy, and I can show you that you're not the only one who knows what's best for business." And then they both end up kind of in a neutral territory. Yeah, but doesn't that kind of fly in the face of wrestling tradition? I mean, having, you can't have um, a big you can't have a big main event level match between two tweeners. Right, but I almost feel like uh, if if they do include Big Show, which I, I feel like that's certainly a, a key component of all this. Right. You, you have to you have to include somebody that they're going against, and it, you don't even have to include Vince McMahon at that point. You could just have Stephanie saying that Kane can beat Big Show, and you could have um, Triple H saying that Randy Orton can beat Big Show, and go that route. What if they do some sort of uh, split locker room thing, where like half the locker room gets behind one and the other half behind the other? Um, I mean, that's I kind of like, a played-out scenario, I guess, but that would easily be one way to position them. You know, at this point, it's kind of hard to, to envision anyone getting behind uh, either one of them, to be honest. I was going to say Triple H, but I, I can't yeah. imagine too many people siding with Stephanie. No, I can't either. Well, we'll see where this goes. Um, speaking of siding, uh, people siding together, it looks like... We're hinting at Punk and Brian teaming up, although they're not coming right out and saying it. Uh, we saw Punk in a match with Luke Harper to start off Raw. Thought Harper acquitted himself all right, and you have Punk win via roll-up. Kind of weak sauce. Yeah. Um, but then obviously he gets he gets attacked, and Brian comes out with his uh, fancy ponytail to save him. But you don't see the guys kind of shake hands or act like they're buddies in any way. And then you see later on uh, when Punk's backstage having an interview with the lovely Renee Young uh, that he says, I'm not the only one that has an issue with the Wyatts. And then later on, Brian does the same thing, and he's like, looks like someone else has an issue with the Wyatts. So neither of them are mentioning each other directly. They're not talking to each other. But they clearly have the same exact issue going on right now. And, and doesn't that feel a little awkward to you that they're not mentioning each other, even though they're coming out and supporting each other in the ring? I mean, it's not even like it's not even like Daniel Bryan's getting attacked and the Wyatts are walking away, and then CM Punk's getting attacked and he's walking away, and they're hinting at the idea that these two guys will work together. They're hinting at the idea that these two are considering an alliance. They're actually having these guys help each other. Yeah, and I, I think it's an interesting uh, topic to chew on because, yeah, typically when you see a situation like this where the bullies are ganging up on someone and someone comes to help, 
you know, they'll like shake hands or nod at each other or like, you know, like John Cena with the, with the Rhodes this week, you know, they're like hugging after their match. You know, there's usually like the faces always have this connection that's just assumed. Um, but these two are functioning as independent entities. Uh, and I, they don't really have a history against each other too much in WWE. I mean, they did have a couple title shots when Brian was the heel after he lost his uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But they didn't develop too much of a storyline between them, just a little bit of kind of talking about their indie days, I guess they did. Um, so I don't know. I mean, do you feel like they're positioning them as lone wolves, so to speak, and that they're never really going to connect with each other? You know, I, I think back in the day you would have seen, I guess, The Rock and Stone Cold team up, and they never really were, like, buddies, but they would do it. I think certainly with Survivor Series coming up, I think these two are going to end up being tag team partners in in some respects. Like an actual tag team? Or just, um, a, just Survivor Series? I think maybe a match before Survivor Series and then Survivor Series. Hmm. And I could see it somehow continuing a little bit after Survivor Series. Um... I think it could be really interesting to have have them butt heads a little bit and then butt heads in the uh, Royal Rumble and then potentially face each other at WrestleMania. Um, yeah. Kind of, you know, they're, they're showing some friction between them right now. They're showing the fact that, uh, you know, they're willing to help each other, but maybe they don't like each other all that much. And that's why they're not you know, coming right out and mentioning each other when they're hinting at the idea of helping each other. Um, I could see them coming out and saying, you know, look, we're we're working together, but we're not the best of friends. We might come from the same place, but we don't, you know, we don't like the same things. We're not the same guys. And then build up the uh, the tension from there. Yeah, I could see that. And it's it's definitely one of the, one of the creative ways that the WWE gets two guys in the same storyline, you know, they just have them both be attacked by the same group. All of a sudden, they have to do business together. And, uh, yeah, you could see tensions developing. You could see a backstage segment where they stare down each other. Um, and I think, you know, it seems to me that you see people online talk about dream matches, and Punk Daniel Bryan is one of those. Um if if the hardcore fans could see them at WrestleMania, I'm sure that would be just you know everybody be wetting their pants over it. I don't know that I'd want to see it. I don't, I don't know how you feel, but personally, I feel like the two of them are so unique in the in the landscape of WWE that I I want them to have two matches. I want them to be separate uh, so that I get two good matches rather than just the two of them. But yeah, they, I mean, they, do you do you want to see that build towards a WrestleMania match? Well, they both have a tendency to uh, to raise the level of competition in their opponent. I, I certainly agree with you there. Um, at this point, the people at WrestleMania who are certainly going to be there who could use uh, some help would be Undertaker and John Cena and potentially Brock Lesnar. Now, I don't know who the odd man out would be, but there's certainly been some rumblings that uh, John Cena might take on Undertaker and that uh, you might have Brock Lesnar take on Undertaker, in which case 
Daniel Bryan or CM Punk could potentially be an opponent for the odd man out there. And then, and I think actually last week we actually predicted, uh, you know, some sort of title unification at uh, WrestleMania 30 involving CM Punk and John Cena. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like, uh, you know, what what are you going to do with the odd man out? Put him against Randy Orton or, I mean, who else other than Orton would be a, a viable opponent for them at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, and if the odd man out is Daniel Bryan, yeah, it's it's... Uh, finding a good pair for him would be a little tougher. Yeah, I mean, you, you maybe Sandow if he gets built up by that point. Well, maybe, but uh, WWE has shown that uh, that they're certainly willing for Daniel Bryan to have a lackluster WrestleMania. That's for sure. Jericho comes back, boom. <laughs> well, if Jericho comes back, I want him to tag with uh, with Big Show, but that's Do just a Jericho me. reunion. Yep. Yeah, and as you just mentioned a second ago, I'm going to maintain going forward until I'm proven otherwise that I I want to see Cena Punk at WrestleMania 30 as the main event. That's what I want. Yep, and uh, if John Cena versus The Undertaker means that The Undertaker's streak ends and John Cena gets that ultimate rub from Undertaker, then I too would like to see CM Punk versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Right. So, uh you you mean you would prefer the alternative, not necessarily that's what you're rooting for? Yeah, uh, John Cena versus CM Punk wouldn't necessarily be my top choice for uh, for either of them. Gotcha. But if the if the other alternative is uh, John Cena breaking the streak, then then I I don't really want a part of that. And my theory, just real quick, in case people haven't heard before, is just it's not necessarily the unification that you mentioned, which would be awesome. I just think the two of them are are icons in their prime, a la Austin Rock, that could that could have that kind of match that we look back on and say is one of the great main events of all time. So yeah, I, I'd like I, to see I think that. I think the thing that uh, that you compared it to one of the one of the things that you compared it to last week or the week before that really hit hit with me was uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, you know, of our generation, you know, of of you know this decade or what have you. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I think. I think you have two guys who um, can check all those boxes, you know, in-ring ability, on mic, and uh, storytelling, and and the personality differences. Right. So yeah, yeah I I, uh, I could certainly see it from that standpoint. Yeah. All right. So as we teased earlier, uh, we're coming up on the break here, but as we teased earlier, we have the top ten character repackages. I guess we call it. Um, so we'll we'll run down the list, say a little bit about each guy and, and what happened, and uh, we'll go from ten to one. And then after that, we'll have some honorable mentions. So join us after the break. 